This is a Hoff Studios podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm not a fighter, dude. I'm not a fighter at all. I, I've i never been tough. But, like, when that somebody does, that crosses a line. You know what I mean? Where you right. have to, like, I, that was where I, that's where I ended up. This is a bad cold open. This is a bad, you know, because we're already done with the story. Yeah, but whatever. We drove the point home already, and I'm like, oh, no, now we just got to pick it up. Right. I'm, You know, you try to get magic, <laughs> and it doesn't <laughs> yeah. always work. But this is why we have editing, so I can just, at some point in the next minute or two. If, right. If this all goes horribly wrong we'll or just, whatever, or dies a horrible We'll death. pretend we just started right, later. We'll just, yeah, that's fine. Um, so, uh, Greg Pfeiffer, comedian. Good to have you on here, buddy. Hey, uh, thanks, man. No, this is, this is fun. I've actually been saying I need to, uh, I think I need to upgrade to a, to the video. Yeah. Dude, I like the audio only because it's lazy. Yeah, no, there's a certain charm to the audio only, but everyone's gone video now. Too much video, right, and, I, right. and I'm behind because I'm always behind. Well, you know. <laughs> I'm, not a, uh, I'm lazy. <laughs> I'm, not the, I'm well, not the best. Not cutting edge, Mike? No. Ellison? No, not cutting edge. I'm like figuring things out 10 years after the fact, you know? Right. So you don't have like all the massage chairs and, and yeah. gadgets from Sharper Image, which doesn't even exist anymore. Exactly. It's right. it's good that I started doing comedy at 18, because imagine if I started at 35, I wouldn't get good till I was like 65. I think that's, you know, the, <laughs> the, the trajectory for a lot of people. <laughs> Not to get good till 65? Yeah. By the time they're good, they're broken. Just Their spirit <laughs> has been completely fucking destroyed. <laughs> That's there. Have you seen? Uh, I love those guys. You ever seen oh. like an unhinged older comedian yeah. who's just you know he's been through it and he's just he's tired of it. He's done every bar show. He's done every fucking shit gig on the planet. Yeah, he's like, wow, 
a lifetime of work. Thanks for the $80. Yes. <laughs> this is what makes it all worth it. <laughs> was that I got to do 35 minutes at Cafe Spiga. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, no, I mean, and you got to end somewhere too. This that's is true. A, that's an important part too. Is like because there's guys you you actually see who, who rise and then they also fall. You know, right? They can't. They they were selling out large venues or larger venues, right? And then they basically either stopped writing new material, yeah, or the newer material is just. Garbage. It's absolute. And people are going just in the faint hope that that spark that they once had will shine, or they'll at least just do the old stuff. It's like when you see an old band yeah. that you're like, dude. Just do the hits. Right. Do your album from 89. I uh, don't want to know anything about what you've done between yeah. now and then. Right. Whatever you just came out with, right? Yeah. <laughs> Check out our new album, The Power of the Sun. You know, it would just be some lame name. You're like, oh, God. It's yeah, you're like, we went in a new direction. You're like, fuck. No, don't do the new direction. <laughs> Never do the new direction. We replaced half the band with yeah, these other guys. These young guys. Right. There's, there's two 75-year-old men doing music with two 21-year-old kids, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, yeah but there is something I don't like. I don't know. You either choose to retire, you know, get what's the old saying? Uh, the game either you either choose to try, retire from the game, or the game retires you. Yeah, there are those guys that they just get over the hill, and it's like you just should give this up. Like it's time for you to not do this anymore. Yeah, that's like that with a lot of things. I mean, I I can't envision never doing comedy anymore. Like you know what I mean? Like I, it's I'm gonna do it forever, even if I get to that point where I'm. I guess that's the thing is if I get to that point where I'm the jaded old man. Right. And I'm just right. I'm doing cafe speaker for the 80 bucks. Right. Which it, that, that sounds nice. Yeah. But it, you know, yeah, right well, now that sounds like a nice cushy gig. Yeah. Especially if you're not working much, you're like, well, yeah, I get to pick and choose my spots <clears throat> right. and it takes zero effort. Right. Because at that point you're just like all robot. Like, you're right, like right. look, I've seen it all. I know exactly everything I could say. Anybody who heckles, any kind of ribbing I want to do. Yeah, yeah. I've got this Rolodex of just, of just ancient. Fucking 40 years of yeah. just dick jokes. You yeah. know, I mean, an amazing Rolodex when you really think about it. You just, you gain this arsenal. Right. I've, I've noticed it the other night when I was doing, uh, I did Giggle Room on Friday. Yeah. And uh, at one point I, I was doing that too much spaghetti joke. Yeah. And I have the line about wasting it, or as I treat it like the way you treated your life, waste it. Right. And it gets a laugh, and then some people in the back like groaned. And like, oh my god! Dude. And I, I just kind of went into a tangent on them, and it, it got laughs. It did well, but like I, I like attacked them because <laughs> I was just like, "Are you serious? It's a fictional lady, it, it, even though she's not fictional. She actually was real, but." The point, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't say this to her. You know what I mean? Right. We're t it's a fake, it's like a real story that's fake. Because I, obviously I build it up more to make it a fucking thing. Right. There's a nugget of reality, reality that to you took and, and ran with it and right. turned it into we, the joke. She yeah. did complain about getting too much spaghetti. We did ban her and she did or have her neighbor call in for food. And she even kind of showboated. 
Right. Those are the elements. That's actually that quite a bit of the joke. So yeah, no, yeah. You know. it's basically the majority of the truth. But yeah. yeah, you know. No, but you have to make it funnier. You know, right. that's the, the joke. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, the other night, they had the laugh off at governors. Right. And uh, you could buy a ticket to the giggle room, where they had screens on the wall. And you could just watch it. And you could just watch. So there were quite a few people in there. And I felt kind of dick, like, because I'm just showing up. But they don't really know me. Right. You know, so, and I think it was like 12 bucks to, to get the giggle room ticket. Right, So right. I'm like, I will pay that $12. So this way, if anybody uh, questions whether I'm there, I'm supposed to be there, whatever, right. you know what? It's not a big deal. So I go to the giggle room, and then I basically walk straight backstage. I'm hanging out with everybody. Yeah, just back go- there, But it's so narrow, and it's yeah. tight, and... So I'm hanging back there for some of the time. Now, just to interrupt quick. Yeah. How many, cause just because I was just there and I was thinking about how tight that room is, how many comedians do they have in the actual final? It had to be 15. 15 on, uh, in the final, plus all the other guys just lingering around hanging out. Yeah, yeah. So it was something like that, 14, 15. Like one of them, I think, was like an opener, but not on a part right. of the contest, that kind of thing. So, anyway, so I'm like, oh, I'll go in the giggle room because I want to actually see. Because everyone's in the back crowded around the one screen in the real green room that I, you know, I'm not supposed to be in anyway. And they're all mobbed in there trying to watch the people on the screen. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'll just go out to the giggle room. And there's like 30 people out there in the giggle room. Yeah. And they're most, you could tell, they're relatives and friends or whoever they are of one of the contestants involved. So the majority on any given person's act are not there for that person. Right. So I sit down and when some of the people who are less funny were going, there's not one pity laugh and just groans when they bomb. Oh, my God. And people low talking saying like, oh, my God, that was awful. What a guy! And what a piece I, of shit! I'm sitting there in stitches, just like <laughs> trying to hold back. Oh, that's! I'm, I'm like, this is the greatest I've ever that's, seen yeah. because I've never seen this much honesty, right? During a live show, because they don't even have, have to, to pretend. Yeah, for the guy on stage, they're they, not in the. They're not in the same room. Exactly. Oh, it was. It was. It. This one person went. And it was complete silence from beginning to end. Seven uh, minutes of not a, not a nothing. Like, that was uh, the worst. Like, a, one or two of them went, and they were bad. And people, the groans and the comments and whatever. But they got a kind of half a chuckle here and there. How many How many bad ones? It was the finals, Greg. This is supposed to be the finals. Oh, no, like, <laughs> when uh, the good ones went, you know, the people were laughing in there. You know? Right. Alex got laughs. Rob got laughs. Right. They got laughs. You know, they, it was legit. And I could tell it was legit because they didn't have to. They were actually just sitting there having a good time, having their drinks and their mozzarella sticks. Right, right. They're not. You know. Yeah. So this was like like what they do out, like, in my mind. I'm like, oh, this is what, like, Hollywood, when they do those test audience shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're like, we're going to play this horrible sitcom for you. Right. And, and you're going to, uh, you're going to, like, just watch it and tell us. We'll see how you react. Yeah. We're going to watch your natural reactions. Right. And because they're like, we're a marketing testing company. We don't even make the thing. Whatever. Right. So you don't have to do anything. That's what this was like. They don't. Yeah. They didn't give a fuck. It was wild. 
<laughs> and I was trying to convince other guys in the back. I'm like, oh, my God, dude, you don't know what you're missing. You're Thank missing you the real show. This yes. is right. I've never seen this before, and you're not going to see it again until next year. So yeah. you, you better go check this out. This sounds like, yeah, as I say, this, for the comedians, at least, this was the real event. Yes, because this is the thing that. Right. I've like, seen their acts. Right. Even like I love Alex. I love Rob. They're funny as fuck. Congratulations to the two of them, by the way. Right. Uh, of course. But yeah, I've seen their act before. I know their jokes. Like their jokes are funny. Yeah. Like I'll laugh because it is funny. But at the same time, I want to watch that. I want to watch the bombs with right. the. I want to watch people bomb right. while you watch these well, people. It's like we were talking about when people say, oh, what happened at the show the other night? We don't talk and say, oh, people told jokes. It's like, yeah, no shit. People told jokes, dude. What happened in the crowd? Did something yeah. different happen at that show than other com comedy shows? A weird heckler with like one eye and yeah. whatever. Like this was that. I was like, yeah, this is what makes this right totally exactly. awesome. This is the story of this show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the narrative. There was, as I said, there was a couple of uh, Maguire shows. I think you were on it. A there was one woman in the front. Yeah, that one, and she was just torturing everybody. I remember she was, she was really fucking up Donnie. I think because she, she just wouldn't shut the fuck up during Donnie's set. Yeah, and it made me so mad. And I was like, that was like the first thing I did when I went up there and started like I made some sort of joke at her. I forget exactly what I said, but I was just like, and then, fuck this lady. Yeah, and then like <laughs> I, I think the same lady afterwards, we're out at, at the bar, then she comes out. And she's all buddy buddy with all of us because she thinks she thought what she was doing is like fun. Yeah, right. I'm adding like, to the show. It's like no, you're not. You're right. you're taking away from it. No, no. Well, they're you know they're just not they narcissists that fucking you know crave attention. Right. I mean, and we're narcissists, right. but we went we, through the the proper channel exactly. to get on the stage. Exactly. To. We know a good narcissist that craves attention. <laughs> right. Because we are all narcissists exactly. that crave attention. Right. Well, like, look, we're the neediest people on the planet. We you know, really I do are. this and I'm like, you'd think, oh, fulfillment. You're like, no, nah, I'm still feeling a little empty. I want to do this yeah. again. I need more. I don't do it enough. Yeah, I it's, need, it's the crack of. I of, need more. You know, it's like, well, you know, yeah. they're not like you give someone crack. And they're like, you know, I feel really, really good. I'm good. I'm good. Do you yeah. want more? No. No, I'm all right. right. I'm I, good. I'm satisfied with that amount of crack. Yeah. And I will do crack again maybe at a later date. But for now, right. I'm good. Because right. that, that gets said a lot. Right. I'm going to pay my crack tab right. here. You know, I'm, I'm Right now, up. one hit was good for me. Yeah. Yeah. One hit keeps the doctor away, right. they say. They said I should try to take it easy with the crack. And uh... <laughs> that's... <laughs> wait, 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 wait for my physical... <laughs> My, my doctor said, he's still smoking crack. <laughs> I said, once in a while. He was like, well, maybe you should take your ease. All right, we beat that one. Right, death. he's like, hey, you can, look, we all, we all smoke crack. I yeah. mean, you know, it's all about the moderation. It's right, you know, sometimes you got to go to a parent-teacher conference and yeah, just got to take the edge off. That's right. Got to put the edge on. Or Yeah, put the edge on. <laughs> You got to be a. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Smoking crack before big events. Um, what were we saying? So, yeah, the laugh off uh, comedy jokes. Uh, 
Yeah, we wrote down things that we could possibly talk about. And and, and, and we're not doing any of them. No, I, I have them on my phone, but they're kind of several messages back. I know we... I'm going to get something out. Yeah, get pull it up. Pull it up. I know we were going to talk about Oppenheimer, possibly. We were yes. going to talk about comedy influences, perhaps. I saw the Barbie movie. Oh, you saw Barbie. Okay, yeah. so tell me about Barbie. I I, yeah, my daughter wanted to go. She already saw it. Okay. But she's like, I want to go see it again. Because I had told her I was going to bring her, and my mother-in-law sniped it from me and took her first. Yeah. And I was like, look, I need... I can't be the creep who goes by myself. I need to go with the kid. Yeah. And uh, my son and all, my son's 13, him and all his friends, I teased them. I was like, oh, you guys going to go to the Barbie movie, whatever? Yeah. And they're like, no. And I just started like ripping on him for being gay because <laughs> I was like, you know, that Margot Robbie's in this movie, right? Right. right. Like she's stunning. Yeah. I'm like, this is why I'm going. I'm going right. to see Margot Robbie look as hot as possible. Like, yeah. It can't go wrong. Right. You're not wrong there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I was like, look, you know what? You can make fun of me all day long, but, but if the movie sucks, that's your floor. You know yeah, what I mean? That's what I'm saying. As fantasy football approaches, I talk a lot about floors and ceilings, but yes. that's your floor of that movie. Yes. At the very least, Margot Robbie's hot. Continue. Movie, actually very funny because it's it's kind of like uh and I was trying to tell my son, I'm like it's like the the first Lego movie. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't. Did I you never ever see, see that? No. See, I watch all this stuff because I have kids. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, but it's done. It's all like tongue in cheek. They're very self aware. Yeah. They know that they're they're making jokes that are clearly going over kids' heads. Yeah. And doing it in a fairly clever way. Okay. And uh, and Will Farrell is in it, which I didn't realize. Like. Yeah, he's like the CEO or something. Yeah, right? he's the CEO of Mattel or whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, so. Yeah, no, if, like, if, you know, the idea, like, oh, we're going to make a Barbie movie sounds, like, so fucking stupid. But the fact that they did it this way, it's totally ridiculous. They yeah. know that the the whole idea of doing it is ridiculous, and they, like, they embrace that. They were like, this is this is what it is. Just, just make a silly, goofy, funny right. movie. Like, right, they, you know, it has a storyline about people, and it goes yeah, where it, it goes. But it's so it doesn't, you know, just stagnate. But it's, it's you know, it's funny. it's funny to me because and, and listen, I, it's funny to me that when like people get mad, they'll be like, yeah, but you know, it's still they're trying to give a subliminal message. Like you know, everything that's ever been made, television and movie, it's it's an art form where they are. There's a theme. It's called a theme. Uncut, subtext, you know, like it, it exists in everything. Remember English class? That's what you learn about in English class. Right. It's very basic. Right. It's, it's not very... subliminal. Like, right. it, you know what? It's subliminal to you because you're a moron. Right. But to, to, to anybody who knows anything or exactly. has sat and wasted huge chunks of their lives watching right. movies already, you already know, like, yeah. this is it is what it's trying to do. This is what it's influenced right. by. This is the the subtext right. of what they're going, because everything, you can pick it apart. <laughs> oh, it has a political whatever. Yeah, it yeah. a certain way. And if they do it in a shitty kind of forcing it down your throat kind of way, you hate it. But if they do it and, 
you know, it's just it's subtle. Right. It's that subtle. Now, now it's, oh, they're trying to fucking, you know what I mean? They're right. trying to brainwash us. Right. They're putting their LGB agenda on me. Oh, it's like, shut up. Dude, not to mention, it's like one of those things where it's pretty obvious. Okay. The movie was rated PG-13. It, it's a Barbie movie. Right. Everything about the thing is super pink, super Barbie. Like, here's this Barbie doll. It's a clear demographic of, yeah. like, 18 to 30-something-year-old women that they targeted. You know what I mean? Well, no, they targeted and, and kids. Like, uh, you know, girls aged from whatever to whatever were like, I have to see it. Like I said, they definitely didn't get some of it, depending on what right. level their but, age is. And for them, that's good. That's the way it should be. There should yeah. be stuff in a, a movie like they're going to keep making these movies where they can that they yeah you the can kids because the parents have to go too. It's about money. And they, yeah. You know, so they're like, oh, but if we it's make like, it suck, it's, it's like making certain jokes in Toy Story. They right. wear that it's are like that. that are there for the parents to laugh right. and not really for the kids. Yeah. And it's not going to hurt the kids to hear it. Right. It's there's a there's a blend. You're trying to. Right, you're trying to attract a massive chunk of audience, but my whole point is like, it's a woman, it's a it's a movie made by women for women. Like, right. that I mean, is one hundred percent. Don't get me wrong. I want to. I if they were like NC seventeen Barbie, you know, if it was like, you know how Margot Robbie was <laughs> in the Wolf of Wall Street. It's like that, but yeah. better. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> um, it would just be me and a bunch of dudes, like no women in the movie. I just a bunch it. of fucking creeps in trench coats. Right. Just me and, just, me and Pee Wee and uh, whatever. Rest know. in peace. <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace. Uh, not the, hey, you know what? And considering, considering some of the fucked up celebrity fucking shit that's gone on now, is jerking off in a movie theater really that bad? Yeah. No, you, you, and you have to look at the context. If you did it he now. Was, he did it in a porn theater. Right. If you did it now, you're insane because of the internet. Right. But of like, course. Early, but at those times, at that time, it was like if you wanted to watch a full porn, right? It's either VHS right. or going to the yeah. You had to go. You had to go through those like barn doors in like the, the back of the, right. the movie rental. Right. They place. either had the saloon door system or yeah. they had the bead curtain system. Yes, the bead curtains. Yeah. See, I grew up in like a whitey kind of town, you know. Yeah, in, yeah in same here. Town. And um, but a kid on our block uh, was a black kid, and he was yeah. really tall. Okay. Like for his age, and uh, and he ended up at, at, like he ended up being like six eleven by the time he stopped. Like he was, okay. He's, he's incredible. Too. So he looked older. So, he, so we would send him to go like buy to beers, go rent porn. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah, and it was awesome because like they <laughs> felt awkward until like they felt awkward because he was really tall and he was black. So, so they, they wouldn't stop Their white him. guilt kicked yes. in a little? There was some of that, I think. A I little think white that, guilt right. and that idea in them. I right. like it. And I was like, dude, this is what I'm talking about. we got to leverage hey. what we can. Hey, I mean, it's not necessarily reparations, but... It, it's a start. It's a start. You right. get the, give the kid a fucking porn when he's right. 16. You know. When he's 6'5 or whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty awesome. <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, dude, you, exactly. I had no other option. You know what I mean? Pee Wee didn't have a choice. Yeah. I well, mean, I, and even if he did, it's like, look, who's in that theater? Who's being harmed? Right. We're not there. Where right. is the victim? Exactly. There is no victim. 
Exactly. You make it sound like he walked into fucking Jurassic Park and started stroking off. Like, right. that's different. It's but. like, so you're telling me he went into a theater with a bunch of, like, trench coat weirdo dudes who looked like they right. came out of Atlantic City 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, he's sitting there, like, you know, tugging his tugging his bird, you know, doing his thing. Yeah. It's just, like, uh, yeah, what? Just trying to quit, bust a quick nut, you know, whatever. Right. You know, he's doing, doing you know, doing the Lord's work now. This yeah. is like, look, he's not, you know, he's not out fornicating. He's yeah. not out, you know, picking up hookers, not, yeah. which would literally right outside that theater. Because this was like in Hollywood yeah. at that time. The sleazy yeah. time. Like, yeah, not that he it's could, not sleazy now. Right. He could have had a, he could have had an AIDS hooker if he wanted it. Yeah. Like, right there. Exactly. Crack. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. Poor old Pee Wee. It was a tough, tough to see him go. It was tough. I, I, you know, he certain. You ever have a celebrity death actually affect you? Um, the closest I can come up with was Carlin. When George Carlin went, I was bummed. I didn't like cry. I didn't like lo- like yeah. lose sleep. But I remember like getting the news and being like, "Oh, today oh. sucks." When and S- then when Steve Irwin died, because I had watched him. Really, Steve Irwin. Yeah, the animal guy, because we like we all kind of knew it was coming, but like not really, because he'd been bit by crocodiles several times. Yeah, and like you're like, well, okay, but the stingray thing and the fact that he was literally the nicest person ever. You watch this guy. This guy loved what he did. He loved life. He's one of those few people. Like I'm one of those bitter people who's like. Oh my God! Today, hopefully, the meteor drops. We all end, yeah. whatever. He's not that way. He's out there living it up, loving the animals. Yeah, he was always smiling. Right, the positive guy. You know, and I feel like negative douchebags like me would like trash him. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh always... no, don't get me wrong. There's you know jokes to be had, but it's still like right. at the was... time I was like, ah, damn. And yeah, Norm Macdonald obviously I felt really bad when I heard that he died. Yeah, that was a bummer. Because it was like, what? Artie's still alive? Right, he was dead? What? Like out of my mind. I was like, ah, oh, this is just this, this remember is when I remember when Artie snorted glass? Do you remember that one? Oh, that we fucking destroyed his nose. Oh my god, his story. That was like one of the, the lowest moments for him. Yeah. Now he's. he's I hear he's a, doing better now. Last I checked, but yeah. You know. No, I mean. Hopefully. Yeah. No, I hope so. Not snorting any more glass. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming. Was that accidentally snorted glass? Yeah, he yeah, thought it was, it was uh, yeah, he thought crystal it was, or something. What they were breaking up. He was like breaking up pills ah. on like a glass thing, and he didn't realize that he'd broken the glass, and like just slightly, and a couple of pieces, like small little pieces of glass, got mixed in. Right. And that was it. That's all it took. Ah. It got yeah. Got jammed up in his septum, and then his nose got all infected and swollen. And, yeah, you got to be careful when you're. Doing drugs. Yeah, you should always check your check your pills for glass. That's my problem with this whole fentanyl thing. I'm like, you know, it's really a shame. Like, if you, you know, this is why I actually believe in drug legalization, you know, and I don't do any drugs. And I'm like, uh, yeah, but if, you know what, if you want to do cocaine, uh, you should be able to just do actual cocaine or actual heroin or whatever like it which is dangerous enough like you could easily die you could do whatever you want but the fact that it's like no 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 we're gonna give you 
this other shit. Yeah. And, you know, that's the that's yeah, It's, the it's just bad business by these heroin dealers, you know? Yeah, it's the, they're really, you know, they're really cutting into their whole thing. It's, you know? it's a shame that these heroin dealers don't have, you know, a... a a moral compass. Well, well you know, it's you know, they're not thinking long term. You got to think customer that, service. That is What true. is your business? <clears throat> customer service. Unfortunately, part of it, too, is the lack of moral compass usually comes from the fact that a lot of heroin dealers are also heroin addicts. It's true. Like, I, you know, like the one guy I used to work with, he uh, he was a big, big time heroin dealer. Yeah. And he was doing a shitload of heroin himself. And he was living this crazy life. I remember he used to, uh, like, one time he had to, like, jump through his pe- like his backyard. Some shit. He had to, like, hop a fence. And he had, like, a duffel bag full of drugs. And he was, like, on the run. Went down to Florida. Landed to Florida somehow. Like, oh, I was thought re- he was going to get picked up in the airport. Like, well, Most drug dealers are not savvy business No, types. it's very short-term thinking. Yeah. And that's v- another... Very, another Part, you know, one of the elements that plagues the industry, you know. Right. Uh, but I read this article that they were saying that now in Colombia, they have too much cocaine. Too because much cocaine. They ramped up because the the civil war that had raged there between the FARC and and the government or whatever it was, uh, is finally sort of settled down. Like the violence in Colombia has yeah. settled way way down, and they all kind of agreed, like, well, we can, we're not going to stop growing coffee and cocaine. Yeah. So, um, so without them shooting at each other, more cocaine to make, right. uh, you know, and they started selling more to uh, places that got more popular in Australia and some other places. Uh, the English love cocaine. They love yeah. it. The Australians and the English love it. That makes sense because, you know, I noticed people that love cocaine, the big boozers. Yeah. They like, they like to stay out and get drunk, like, late night. Right. And like, so, everybody I never knew that did coke, they would always be like, yo. Like, when I'm, like, 2 a.m., like, I'm going home. Like, when I, like at the, you know. Yeah. I mean, no, nowadays can... it's fucking 1130. Right. But, you know, when you're 23. Right. Like, 2 a.m. would hit, and you'd be like, oh, man. Let's go to the, either, either we're going to the diner or I'm going home. Right. And they, these guys would be like, no, we're staying out, dude. We're staying out. Like, yeah. Why? So you guys can do coke with each other till fucking seven in the morning. Pretty much, yeah. And that no. would be it. It's like uh, I, I never saw the appeal. I'm yeah. like, I don't get why you want those extra four hours to then just go pass out at eight o'clock in the morning and be hung the fuck over the next day. Yes. Like you just lose a day. Oh, like, yeah. Easily, they were losing fucking full days just recovering from their coke memories. Yeah, but apparently. So that, to meet up with all this demand, yeah. they started, and they, you know, technology is always getting better. Yeah. So they're like, we're better at doing it. They went Walter White. They got experts. They're not getting shot at. They're like, dude, we're making more, you know, because they have to do the whole chemical process and everything. Yeah. They've got it streamlined. It's awesome. And they're like, dude, we're shitting on, you know, pounds or kilos and kilos of the shit. And the problem with them is then it bottlenecks because they're like, well, the problem is getting it out of here. Um, that right. hasn't changed. The problem of getting it from there to everywhere else yeah. is exactly the same. And there's tons of resistance. There's people trying to stop them and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So not that tons doesn't get through, but it's still um, a costly affair. So 
Uh, because of that, apparently, cocaine is awash in yeah. incredible amounts of non-fentanyl cocaine. So we should just yeah, we could just ship cocaine people. Like, if you're a pro co- pro, if you're a professional <clears throat> cocaine user, like really, if there should be like that's the way to go. You could. It's cheaper for you to just literally buy that plane ticket and go to the cocaine <laughs> than it is to buy it here where it's shitty because you're just going to get ripped off anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, say, I feel like that. As that's the other thing I feel like that always happens too here is people always complain like, oh, this Coke sucks. And it's like, why do you keep doing it? Like, if it's so shitty. Right. Why don't you, you know, consider... Either Other drugs right. or, or just not yeah, or just don't do it. Anymore. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But I guess, you know, it's not. Yeah. I guess it's not it's that not a, shitty. It's not a rational kind of. No, thing it's not. It, yeah. You're trying to. It's like telling somebody who's thrown up from drinking or whatever. Like, you know, maybe maybe you, you don't want to drink. Maybe you don't like drinking. They're like, what are you talking about? I love it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love drinking. Yeah. This is great. As I vomit. my fuck, like, Right. You know, some people can handle this shit. Some people can't. Yeah. Um. Fuck! I had a drug story. Hang on. Now, have you seen Oppenheimer? Yes. Okay, I've seen it twice. Awesome. It's excellent. Yeah. I as I say first, I guess we'll do it film first before we go. Right. Because you want to go down the the actual rabbit hole. Yes, I could go. Yeah, but let's talk about the film. Just the film itself. Okay. My first. one problem with the film, where I felt like, because I'm one of the only people that I know who read the the entire Oppenheimer biography before the movie, before I even knew a movie existed. Because um, I'm that guy. Okay. And, um, so they were, like, trying to, they had, like, all this, you know, they're trying to make it look like they tried to portray his mind, you know? Right, right. They're trying to be like, oh, he's got all this, he's such a super genius, yeah, and yeah. we're going to create these sparkles around his Head in yeah, the yeah, shot to there's this whole other world that lives inside his brain, right? Right, that kind yeah. Of shit. And that kind of was like irked me a little bit because I'm like, you know what, this guy kind of speaks for himself. You just tell this sort of straight, they'll catch on that yeah, he's he, weirdly intelligent, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that he was like learning a different language so he could do a, a lecture in quantum physics, and he's like, I wanted right. to make. He's like, I wanted to make it a challenge. It's like, that's how you make it a challenge. Like, or whatever. What yeah. does he say? Yeah. No, he learned Dutch yeah. in like eight weeks or right. some ridiculous yeah, exactly. thing. And he learned it enough of it where he was able to do a lecture on quantum physics. Right. That's. Well, it, you know, the, but he had the one advantage. He already spoke German. So if right. you speak German, German and Dutch are related languages. So still not an easy, like, it's still right. like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still like ridiculous. Portuguese, Portuguese and Spanish type right, of thing. Right, it's yeah. that kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's still tough, though. Like, of because course. that's expert level. You're like, oh, I'm not just going to talk about, like, how lunch was and whatever. Like, right. I'm, you know, smoking weed in Van Gogh. I'm going to talk about, like, yeah, you know, hardcore science. In yeah, exactly. Language. Like, yeah. And you're right, using very complicated, you right. know, well, it's all terminology and shit. Vo- vocabulary. Yeah. You don't just walk around the average english speaker doesn't know this vocabulary in english yeah exactly so, right yeah Harry. yeah but uh i i what i thought stood out to me as far as the movie um because i i'm the film as i said this is kind of interesting because i'm a film nerd right so i'm gonna nerd out on the film end of it and you nice. just yeah you can f- nerd out on the history um but 
like as far as Nolan movies, I think it might be his best. I and I think what's interesting about it is that he was able to give you that Christopher Nolan like thrill ride type of movie. Like you like you notice like Dark Knight, yes, or Inception, right? Like the minute that movie starts, you're in. You know what yeah. I mean? You're into this world and you're sucked into it, and you're just kind of along for this roller coaster ride. Right. It gave me that same type of feel without the action sequences. Like you know what I mean? Like. Every all of his other stuff, it's got shootouts and fight sequences and explosions and all this stuff. Like outside of the test sequence, there's no real action scene to the movie. No, well, that's the and difficulty that's, in trying, it's all dialogue. Right, tr- let's tell this story. Right, and and he tells it in such a just in the layered way he does things where it's all the different you know jumps of time and stuff. It's, right, I I just really really thought he's. He stood out as a filmmaker. Like it was, like they, there's certain you know directors that are auditors. You know, like they, they, like a Tarantino film sticks out, a Scorsese film sticks out. Like Nolan has his touch, and it was very prominent and noticeable in that movie. Right. It was so good. Yeah. No, he. Has, I think he's winning rewards for it. Well, he has a voice. He has a real voice that sounds different than other film. Yes. You know, and he's able to. To tell a story, and and he had like this stylized, whatever you want to call it, like he has this right. aesthetic that exactly. he does, and it it worked. Like he made that story work Works for so that, well. and that's not an easy story to tell. It's not one of these books or stories that lends, like you said, where's the action part of this story? Yeah, you know, not um, to mention like it's uh morally speaking, as far as the story goes, like. Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. this guy created the most destructive weapon known to mankind. You know what I mean? Like, but he did it to help defeat the Nazis. And you know what right. I mean? Like, and then it's like, yeah. I don't know. It's just like. Well, that whole argument, there are people, because the more distance people get from that event, the more they're like, oh, I can't believe we're this genocidal maniacs for for doing what we did, and uh, if you know, and I've read a lot about about Oppenheimer, read about World War II, and all that kind of thing. And the reality was, it was like we were planning to invade the Japanese home island. We knew that we were going to lose hundreds of thousands of people doing it. We knew the Japanese were going to lose millions of people because they literally were like, "We're going to fight to the last man." They yeah, they told, were not going to surrender. No, they told them that they told their own civilians, like, um, if they come for you, it's like it's over. They're going to enslave you. They're going to kill you. They're going to torture you. Whatever, whatever. When we got to Okinawa, yeah. a bunch of people, women and kids, jumped off the cliffs by the hundreds, and we watched soldiers sat there and just watched it happen. These people would just go up to this big ass cliff in Okinawa, and they would just in their kimono robes and shit jump right off. And it freaked all these poor, like, 19-year-old Marines who were there. They're like, what, what the fuck? Why? What the, exactly? The whole idea to them, because it doesn't make sense to us. We're like, what, why are they doing this? Like, we're not right. trying to shoot them. Right. Um, we're not trying to destroy the right. civilian population. Right. We're but they, they, you know, the whole idea to them. just Yeah, just, I mean, that's and people, as I say, as far as, like, World War II history, just, like, the fucking island hopping campaigns and fucking with the Marines and over there, dude. Like, that is some of the fucking most violent, crazy fucking battles. Right. 
Everybody thinks of fucking D-Day invasion, which obviously, of course, right, super dramatic, super dramatic, and only at bloody, certain, but only right. at certain beaches because and it was a real like patchwork thing because the right. English landed at like Sword Beach and a couple other beaches, and we did too. That saw very little action right. because the Germans weren't. They didn't ready. have it fortified. Right. They didn't. They weren't ready and organized for the event. They had been tricked by the whole thing with the inflatable tanks. They had this whole, you know, we we they moved. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Patton. Uh, they made Patton in charge of a fictional uh, army group, just to confuse the Germans because the Germans were convinced they were like, look, Patton is clearly the most talented general they have. If they're going to do the biggest operation in military history, um, they're going to use their best dude. So if I don't see this quarterback coming out onto the field, right, right, uh, I can pretty much guarantee exactly. it's bullshit. Is, is it Mahomes? Right. right. Are right. we playing Mahomes or are we playing fucking uh, Mark Sanchez? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's definitely. But, uh, yeah, I will go. We, right, right. I'm going We're, sideways already. We were talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, all right. Right. Oh, of course, dude. <laughs> yeah. But this is what happens. This yeah, is what is. happens. It's fun. But uh, no, we'll get back to Oppenheimer. Uh, I, I'm just saying, like, yeah, it's when you think about, uh, I don't know, World War II. Right. We were <laughs> talking about, yeah, no, you were talking about the moral, like, yeah. the whole thing where we're, we're like. The, mor- the yeah. moral the moral ambiguity of it all. Because, like, they were, it was, that, that's the thing, too, is, like, at the, t- when, at the time when he was building the bomb, he was looking at it as like he was doing a he was doing service for his country. Yeah. He he thought he was he was doing what you know the American people would have wanted the what the American people needed to help defeat the Nazis. Right. And they're living in uh you know in history they're living in that black box of saying we don't really know what the other guy is doing. And we know this is not a secret in the sense of Right, like Everyone knows about. Like the fi- they knew about fishing. They all knew at that time. So yeah. they were like, anybody who's anybody's going to know yeah. that this is possible. It is incredibly difficult. It is super expensive. It's complicated as hell. Will it take years? How many years will it take? How much money you take? The amount of money yeah. we spent it was astronomical. It was like in today's dollars, like over a trillion dollars. Because they literally had to build uh, whatever it was it, um, in Tennessee, Oak Ridge, or whatever the hell it's called. No, uh, was uh, it Los a, Alamos? No, Los Alamos is where they did the bomb development. But they had to refine enough uranium. And it's oh, not, right, right. not they regular talk, yeah, uranium. They, they were talking about that. Right. right. They talked about it briefly, but that in and of itself was its own Los Alamos right? Like, they were, in terms of money. Right, that was like when the mo- in in the movie, like when he meets Matt Damon, that was already in the works. That was already done. Right, but the, that the, was the uranium refinement right. was already right. In but it play. Was, remember when they had the fishbowl? Yes. and they're dropping things in. Yes, that was the problem. They're like, look, um, they had to go to the government originally when they brought up the whole idea of the Manhattan Project and say, yeah, not only are we going to need to build um, Los Alamos, but we have to build. A com- we have to mine a, me- a metal that no one gives a shit about. Right. Um, and we don't even want 99% of it. We want, you know, we don't want ura- regular uranium-236. We want uranium-238, the radioactive kind. And we have to sort through a gazillion tons to get a pebble. And it's going to cost 
uh, our entire national budget for a whole fucking year to do it. And oh, we God. don't want anybody to kind of know what we're doing. So you're going to have to send like a zillion people to live in a town that no one lives in, a zillion people to guard the town. Like yeah. everything about it was just the worst fucking nightmare Fuck, yeah. project. You're like, how much is this going to cost? What What do we have to do? Like So crazy, That dude. part of the story is not the Oppenheimer story. Yeah. So it's not, they mention it, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's touched yeah. upon. Yeah, it's it's got to be. Because that that part and the plutonium part, those were huge problems for everyone involved. And the reason that Heisenberg, they knew the Germans would be working on it. They knew that Heisenberg would be working on it. There was no doubt in any of their minds where all of them, I mean, they all went to Germany. They all, that's, the Germans are who built the atom bomb. They just have to be our goddamn Germans. Right. You know? right. We, and you know, so we, we you know, Oppenheimer had studied in Germany. Uh, you know, yeah. Einstein didn't help build the bomb, but he was involved yeah. to a certain degree, just on sort of political level and his ideas yeah. prior to everything. Yeah, I mean, he was he was clearly like an advisor in a sense. Well, originally what had happened was there was a guy, They you see him briefly in the movie, there's a guy, Leo Sizzler. Uh, He's a Hungarian Jew physicist who escaped the Nazis, hated the Nazis, and he was one of the early physicists, and he's like a, a legit physicist in his own right, did like, there's guys, the physics people know who he is, the nuclear people, they know that he's, his name's still on because he made some formulas and shit, whatever he did. But he was the first one to sort of rally scientists together and say, hey, dorks who all work in different universities and don't tell each other what we're doing, um, you guys know what the implications of what, what this this paper means, right? We could build an atom bomb, right? You guys know that, right? And everyone's like, yeah. And he's like, well, how are we going to tell Franklin Roosevelt that we need to do this before the Nazis are going to do it because the Nazis are going to do it? And so they panicked and they talked to each other because they at different universities didn't have email. I mean, we're yeah. talking in the 30s. Right. So he gets together with another physicist or two. They drive out to Jamesport on Long Island. Oh, shit. To see Einstein. Fuck, fucking history lessons here. Who's Loving spending it. The, the summer hanging out in Jamesport at some cool-ass little house. All right, so, so now they're going to meet up with Einstein. Right, they go to meet Einstein, and they say to him, uh, you're the only celebrity physicist we know. You're the only person who will, that Franklin Roosevelt will even know right. or listen to on any remote level. We're begging you to write a letter to Franklin Roosevelt. Tell him what what's going on. Tell him about this. Tell him that this must get done. You're the only person who can do it. Like Einstein didn't want to be involved in the project itself. Uh, he was old at that yeah. point. Yeah. And he was like, Yeah, sure, of course. I, you know, I you know, he he hated Nazis, you know, he's a Jewish guy, you know, and he, uh, right. and all that. So he was like, Yeah, of course, I'll write the letter. And that's how the yeah. ball really got started. Um, but it took pushing because the people in power were not thrilled with what they were hearing. Like, yeah, you know, they're like, oh, how much money? What? No, what it's, it's, have to it do? was it, such an extravagant idea. Right. This is and you guys are sure this really is true. This is really happening. And everyone's like, well, actually, we know because we've never done it before. And, um, you know, and then they're like, oh, crap. And you want us to, what? And, you know, so the whole thing is like bizarro world. 
Like, from our point of view, looking back, of course, it seems this was the way things were meant to be, which is ridiculous because it's not. And, you know, these people were living in the panic of the time. Of an arms race. Right. So, yeah. Well, I was going to say, it seems like the, the politicians were much more willing to listen to scientists when it was involving building weapons that could kill mass amounts of people. Right. That's what it's always they're always behind that. Well, they you know, that part of it was the weapons development end was, you know, that's how you get their attention. They're like, oh, wait, you know, we can have something that no one else has. If we could figure out to be like, like, hey, we got to get we got to wean off our dependence on foreign oil. They'd be like, fuck you. Shut up. And be like, hold on with wind power. You know how many fucking people we can kill? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, we got a new cool way with wind power to murder a lot of motherfuckers. Right. And it's it's not you even know, about there, that. If it, there was some way to translate that. Right. No, it's like putting a bigger gun to somebody's head. Yeah. You know, that's the whole thing. Because you're like, I can put this gun to their head and no one will. They will all comply. They You shoot that gun once or twice. You'll never have to shoot that gun again. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean. I'm not trying to ruin anything about the movie itself, but I mean, that's kind of like the idea of what basically the movie, you know, foreshadows, basically. Uh, it's not really, it's not foreshadowing. It's because we know it's the world we live in now where right. there's these gigantic nuclear arsenals. Right. We have enough fucking bombs to fucking destroy the world 5,000 times over, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, we've tried to do the arms reduction thing, but it's ridiculous to the extent that we'll never reduce it to the number that, we can't destroy the world. Right. We have way extra, you know, which is... You know, and right. And, it, and on top of it, you're never going to get rid of it because you can't... You're like, well, the Russians still have theirs, right. you know, and it's like... Well, and you can't, un, you can't uninvent. You know, it exactly. It doesn't work that way. They're like... And, and when everyone was like, I can't believe North Korea is doing whatever. And they're like... I was like, dude, of course they're doing it. Why would they do it? You know why we're never going to invade North Korea now? Because they have that bomb. Do you right. know why we invaded every other country we invaded? Because they didn't. Exactly. It's right. It's like no shit. So, you know, never talk to that guy. Flat, flat hair tops yeah. and whatever he's gonna do, he's gonna live his weird life. And, you know, <laughs> Dennis Rodman. I don't know what they do. Dude, <laughs> I mean, Dennis Rodman. You ever fucking see? As I say, you ever see? Uh, Vice did a great documentary about North Korea. I've seen. I've seen quite a bit of stuff about. North and they Korea. were just like. There's just wild scenes where they're like, see, they, we, our people have the internet. Look, look at us all sitting at on the internet. And right. it was just a bunch of North Korean citizens sitting in front of these computers on the Google home screen oh. without like clicking the mouses or anything. They're not typing. None of them are doing anything. They're just sitting there staring at the Google home screen. And you're like, that's fucking weird. And it's, it's clearly staged. Like, oh, that place is bizarre land. Like you're not. Yeah. Like even compared to other, like, totalitarian dictatorship, whatever you want to call it, like, they're maxed out. Like, they're completely yeah. maxed out. They managed to pull the weirdest trick and kind of say they're communists and all that stuff, and yet become basically a kingdom. Because it's yeah. a dynasty passed on from dead, a father to son. Right. And it's now on generation three and going strong. I mean, yeah, the people starved. Yeah, they literally. As I say, have it's a them. fucking humanitarian. Crisis oh no, they have them in prison camps and, and all that stuff. They, not only do they send their the person to a prison camp, they send their whole family to the prison camp. Ugh, they God. are awful. 
in every possible so, fucking so way. It's so bad, dude. It's so bad. That's why they're terrifying. Because, yeah. it's, you know, that's the idea. It's like, you'll yeah. stay in line. Not right. only will you stay in line, you'll make sure everybody you're around stays in line. Because if they don't, we'll throw you all in there. Right. You all get it. You know, all family gets to go. Oh, yeah, that's rough. Well, imagine being the, the one sibling who fucked up. Like, dude, do you really... You didn't fucking stand up quick enough, you piece of shit. You yeah, know what no, I mean? they have to have the posters in the house, the frame pictures of yeah. the leader, and they oh, have to like look at it and you know and cry. Yeah, and, and supposed talk to. About and all of it. Like, yeah, as I said, like I mean, you see the women; they're all crying. Like, oh oh yeah. my god, it's so beautiful. He's here. Like yeah. Like, oh yeah. No, it's you, like yeah. Talk about you want to talk about narcissists that need attention. Right. Maybe that's maybe it. Maybe we got to get what's his name now? It's Kim John. Is he Un? Ill or Ill? No, Ill was the one before. He's Un. I think he's Kim John Un. Yeah. 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 Yes, so, you're right. yeah. You're right. Yeah. We got to yeah, get it. Grandpa was. Son. We got to get him to a mic. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. He's, you know what? Everybody, when he goes to a mic, everybody claps. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like they're like, I am going to be laughing the loudest. And, uh, I, you know, they would do this thing with Stalin would do that. And it, he would, you know, because they were terrified of his ass. He's the model. Oh, yeah. Him. Oh, and yeah. They would do this thing. He'd go up and give a speech, and the, the clapping wouldn't stop. Yeah. And, uh, until they made them stop because everyone was terrified to be the first person to, to stop, stop clapping. clapping. Yeah. Yeah. Stalin was so a fucking. You know, that's my goal with comedy. Is to get to Stalin level. Stalin level comedy. The, la- the, the, the applause and the laughter. You know, my narcissism yes. is just like, oh, no, please. You you have to stop. Otherwise, I uh, can't tell more awful jokes. When am I going to be able to do my set, you people, with your clapping? Right. I know that you love me and you will pay yeah. any amount for a ticket to come to the show. Just to see me stand here and praise me. Right. You don't even need to hear the jokes. Um, <laughs> Stalin. Yeah, now that's that's the you know that, the Stalin of comedy. That uh, seems like the, the the most horrible title that could be. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really doesn't have a the, know, there's not a ring to it. It's kinda, I, it doesn't have the. Grab. I mean, you know what people? That's the thing people are like. Well, at least you're not the Hitler of comedy. That's right? true. You don't want to be the Hitler of comedy. You know, that's no. You don't want to be the Hitler of comedy. I would kind of like to be. I guess I want to be like the the Bill Clinton of comedy. You know. Yeah. Yeah, just no, a yeah. smooth guy who likes getting blowjobs, right? Yeah, I mean, who right. wants, who doesn't want to be remembered that way? Right. I mean, like, or, or actually, who cares about being remembered? It's just who doesn't want to live that way? Right. Like, like, look, dude, I go I just, out. Everyone loves me. I pull out the saxophone. They love me. Yeah. The interns blow me under my desk. I stick cigars in their yeah. pussies. It's fucking awesome. It looked like he was having a fun time. Yeah, but they gave him a lot of shit. He was that first one to have to go through the whole impeachment thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and he was like, what, it, uh, you know, making them, what does is mean and shit? Uh, yeah. He was, he was a total. I don't, I don't, I don't remember whose joke this is. It might've be Chris Rocks, but it was just like, what, is he the first man to ever lie about getting a blowjob? Is right. that really, is that really what we're going with? We're going to pretend that this guy, this is the first time this has happened in American history. Right. No, it's ridiculous. And, and on top of it, 
uh, people are like, I can't believe he got a blowjob in the Oval Office. This is by this is great comedy, by the way. Yeah, relevant. Everyone's got to be relevant just, to 2023. Yeah, they're grabbing their ribs the right now. The fucking Monica Lewinsky scandal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I just say, like, uh, who wouldn't if you were got to if you got to the office of the president of the United States? You're in that office. You don't want to get your dick sucked in there. You no, you'd show up. You're the man. Life. You're the guy. You know, I, I, I'm okay with working 18 hours a day, but like, you know, what don't, don't I just get blown? Like as part of, you know, it's, it's a matter of national security, right? It's the job. Like, you know, come on, you know, it's a matter. That's the way I would look at it. Now I remember in Europe, uh, the, the Italian president, I don't know if at the time or later, whatever, he would literally do public appearances with his mistress. Because everyone was like, no one gives a shit. They didn't care at all. They were just like, she's totally hot, too. So they were just like, the fact that she was totally hot made it totally okay. They were like, well, uh, I mean, come on. Well, she's okay. smoking, dude. Right. And she's smoking. Everyone knows the president could take on a gumar. Right. They're just like, glad he's not gay. They're just like, okay, thank God. You know, because if this comes out at that's, that time, that's it would have been. the progressive European Right. Thinking everywhere. Happy's not gay. Look, in Italy in the 90s, gay was plutonium. You couldn't have it. <laughs> so much for Oppenheimer. Well, we yeah. did a good amount of Oppenheimer. Yeah, we, we, we got into it a bit. And, you know. Um, God. Yeah, I mean. Lose <laughs> my train of thought here. So you've read my script. Yes. Uh,. I wrote this uh, short. I, I, I want to produce. I want to make this thing happen. Right. Actually, got to buy those T-shirts. That reminds me. I, got, I haven't done that yet. Yeah, um, but they're on there. You can buy them anytime. Perfect. That's all that matters. So I, I'm gonna. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna buy. Yeah. I'm and for eat. those of you that don't know about the plot of the script, it is. It involves a pizza man. Yes, it's a. It's a, a pizza delivery guy. Yes, it's a spoof of cops, but a pizza delivery guy. Right. And I, uh, I would play the pizza delivery guy. I, I want to get like, yeah. I mean, so you're like the Sylvester Stallone of yes, the pizza the, man delivery. I do. I wrote the script, and I'm a star yeah, in it. I am the star. I am, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am the cheese. No, that's a Rocco right. thing. Uh, yeah, because yeah. I know with Rocky, they like begged Stallone. They tried to buy the script off him, and then they were like, "Well, okay, you can make it, but we want—I don't know—James Con or somebody. They wanted to be. Yeah, Rocky. they didn't want him. And he was like, "No, and, I'm Rocky." Right, and he was like on the balls of his ass and broke as shit. And they were like, I think they offered him like a hundred grand in like 1970s money. Right, and he was like, "No," and. It's wild that he did because I mean, it, it, it worked out. It's a gamble that worked out. Absolutely, but, you know, changed his fucking life. And obviously, Pizza Man, you know, delivery. Yeah, it's just, may very well work out to be the this, same way. I mean, it's a what three to five minute long fucking <laughs> three to five minute long video. Yeah, I know, and it's like there's nothing on the internet now. It's not like there's a yeah. bunch of content that you have to compete against. It's I mean, just... we started this podcast talking about how I need to get a video component. Right. I know we're only, you know, we're on one of the, you know, eight or 12 podcasts in 
in the universe right, right. Now. yeah exactly i mean you know you're listening now because it's it's not a flooded no, right there's nothing else for you to do right there's I mean, nothing else there's no other options right it's not a flooded market. <laughs> 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 uh no man i uh i appreciate your help with the so far with the uh the, the script yeah. uh, you know putting the shirts together yeah no perfect. yeah mike had had mentioned when we were at the open mic that uh you know he wanted he wanted the you know like a uniform they had to have like a pizza delivery guy uniform and i you know among the many stupid useless more or less useless things that i know how to do uh i did that i put together a pizza delivery slash but make it look a little copish because we want it to look yeah yeah you know, exactly give it's it that have vibe a, right yeah. it has to have a cop vibe to it right and like yeah, I, I'm. I'm even working on a joke actually right now. Where I, I were you at the? Were you at Royals on Monday? Were yeah, you, pretty sure you were there. Yeah, I, I've been uh, trying this thing about Sheriff John Bunnell. Okay, see, I might maybe I was smoking a cigarette or something when because like in now. Yeah, no, of course. But uh, John, but uh, Sheriff John Bunnell, world's wildest police chase. Oh no, I heard, of course. No, I heard that whole bit. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That's that, I've got the name though. That, that, right, the guy. that's the guy, and I've. I'm trying to figure out like a way because I want him to like narrate my life. So right. it's similar concept of trying to apply the world's wildest police chases to pizza delivery. No, that's, that's a total, that's a total fit because all you have to do is write dialogue, voiceover dialogue for him. Yeah. And making horrible, horrible quips about what you're doing. Right. You know, and the bad guys yeah. as they are. And, uh, this you know, punk and, ordered a half pepperoni. Like, right. I don't know, exactly. Like, and you can, you know, and still be the, the character on the ground being the pizza yeah. delivery guy. Right. So, yeah. No, that'll definitely punch it up. It'll make it, you know, because you try to make it, you know, you got to, how do you, it's a vehicle for jokes. So yeah. you have to create uh, the as space, many Right. As many jokes that I can fucking. Pretty much. Just, pour, you know, it's one of those things that I've been trying to do more I, I don't know how you, we can talk a little bit about writing process here i guess right like uh like trying to bleed a fucking topic oh no where, where you're like trying like that's all i get do. everything you can get out right. of one i topic. write i you know and we've talked about it i write my jokes literally word for word i type them out beginning to end every single word and then i play with the sentence order and changing this word out for that word and then after a little bit, because after I, you know, because half of it's like amusing yourself because you're the first audience, you know, you're right. the one yeah. that you're like, well, I think it's funny. Fuck everybody. And, yeah. now, you know, and and then after a bit, you're like, well, you know, I don't want half my, I don't need this joke to be half my act. You know, right, I right. need to make this shorter and I need it. Um, like how much of this, like, isn't that funny? If it's a little funny, it's a little whatever, but you're like, is this driving towards the point of the joke so but it's easier to edit like after the fact yeah if you can make a ton of shit and even in even if it is yeah. total shit at least you have it because most people don't even have that they don't yeah. have material so if you can even write bad material write a bunch of bad material and then you have the the privilege or the whatever you want to call it to cherry pick through it and say i'm just going to take these these points awesome bit like awesome little gems out of it so, so i was gonna say something i did the other day too with a different joke was i i had like three different small ideas of like 
funny observations right. that I didn't know how to apply to longer form, like to a longer form bit. Right. And then I realized that I could actually connect all three of them together because they all had they all involved movie theaters. Right? Okay, it was all about movie theaters because I had just seen Oppenheimer. Right. So I was all three. It was three things about movie theaters, and then I was like, oh wait, like there, it's all about movie theaters. So I can just instead of doing it this way where I do them separate, you know what I mean? Right. Put blend it all into one thing, and it becomes really really fucking funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of making it three separate kind of funny jokes, make it one really fucking good joke. Yeah. And now it's actually like a, a it, I don't know, it flows better. It actually makes sense. Yeah. I, I'm actually excited to try that at the mic on Monday because I know it's it's going to it's gonna work. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be there. there. I don't know if I'll actually be there tomorrow. I'm, I'm, I'm in it like every Monday, but somebody said I have to meet somebody on Monday. And I was like, fuck, don't you know? Don't that you know? This is what I do. This is the one You're night. You're interrupting my time. That's right. This is important. I don't care how important your real life is. This is what. It, dude, it's so funny for me, too. It's like I all my friends are they, they're married and have kids now. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're married and have kids. Yeah. You're like so every person I know, married with children, married with children. Yeah. My brother, my sister, married with children, married with children. And so all I ever hear about is married with children, fucking problems, married with children, fucking lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I'm like, what are you? So it's like, oh, what are you up to Tuesday? Well, I got to get the Farrells because I got this fucking new joke about my penis. that I got to tell everybody like that's and that's what's become my existence. Like my routine is going from work to mic, work to mic. Right. And then they look at you like. They all think I'm fucking crazy. Of course. They're like, you're a child, whatever. You right. Know, I, and I kind of am. But yeah. But. I'm working on it. I mean, things are uh, coming together. I've been uh, getting a lot of more gigs. I'm getting some paid gigs, you yeah. know. Well, I, no, I mean, you know. I know I've improved in the past year, and it's because of the mics. Yeah. Yeah. The more you do, the more you uh, you know uh, you need to get better. <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's, it's true. Yeah, there's all, and there's only one way to get better is just to keep doing the reps. Like you're not, you're not gonna get better sitting home and just I don't know. I used to when I first started, like I was a little arrogant about it, and I'd be like, I don't need open mics. I'll just do shows, and I'll do shows. We know some show. of those people now, sure. Right, I, and I'm talking. When I was like 20. Right, and I just thought I was like the shit because I had like five good minutes. Right, you know what I mean? I like, I'm fucking. You kidding me, dude? You heard my fucking like three minutes of jokes that are good. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I got no. It's it's like Oppenheimer. They they're not like you know. Oh, we're gonna find a nineteen year old who studied physics for a year and we're gonna put him in charge of building the bomb. They're like no, let's find a guy who wrote the the only like the first paper on black holes and is bizarre as shit. Who learned Dutch in eight weeks yeah. and is a professor at. He started the first uh, department, to, uh, physics department in the country to study, uh, you know, uh, whatever branch of physics that was with the uh, quantum mechanics and all that stuff, which was like to Americans had not even heard of fucking quantum mechanics. So he had come back from Europe. Like, right. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know something that you guys haven't heard of. Yeah, that was like a big totally point of the movie. Bizarre. Right. Because he felt he felt a need that that like. Americans need this, and yeah. I gotta bring it to them. Yeah, 
he felt like an obligation to do that. Um, such a good movie, man. No, it's so, so cool. And it's it's moody. Yeah. And I really like Robert Downey Jr. He plays a total douche. Yeah. He's a prick. And I love a bad guy. I love a real, uh, I love a great bad guy. I love a good bad guy, yeah. dude. Because anybody can be the good guy. Like being good yeah. guys. But being bad guys, being weak guys. This is why Fredo is a better character than Michael if you're an actor. Because he's the bad guy. Right. Because he's weak. Because he's two-faced. He's yeah. not... So Michael doesn't. Uh, so Al Pacino pretends to be Michael, right? Right, but uh, John Cazale has to pretend to be Fredo, and Fredo, the character pretends to be what he isn't. Right. So it's a lie inside a lie. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's what gives it depth. It makes him, uh, in terms of you know yeah, acting it, skill, you know. Yeah, uh, it, I was just saying. Yeah. I mean. Like, you don't even have to go to Godfather. Like, uh, take a lesser film. Like, for instance, uh, like, look at the Diehards. Now, we all love John McClane, Bruce Willis. Dude, Hans Gruber. Dude. All about. Hans Gruber. And then, as I say, and then uh, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons is awesome, Jeremy dude. Irons in Die with a Vengeance is so fucking good. Yeah. As Hans' brother. Uh, right. what's his What's the fucking name? Uh, what's his name in the movie? Fuck, I, I I should do some producing right now and fucking look it up. Uh, die Hard with a Vengeance. It's going to kill me. There's there's definitely plenty of my friends who listen to this podcast regularly who are, like, screaming his name right now. Like, fucking... Be a what, you're a fan? You're not a fan. You're a piece of crap. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, he is Simon. Simon. Gruber. Presumably. Simon, yes. Right. Now, in Die Hard 2, I know that John Amos was in it, and the other guy from... Um, Die, Die Hard 2 is the one when they're at the airport. At the airport. The other guy that's from Shawshank Redemption, who liked to listen to Hank Williams records, that guy. He plays, like, yeah. the next general colonel guy. And then there's the, the, the Spanish colonel guy with the beard. And I've seen that was why Die Hard 2 isn't as good. Yeah, because Die they didn't... Dude... Dire 2 is trash. Making a German the bad guy? Yeah. Like, oh, it's, oh, it's awesome almost every time. I it's, mean. It's so good. Yeah. Like, and even in, like, you take, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Actually, the best bad guy in Raiders of the Lost Ark is Belloc, and he's French. Yeah. But he's, but he's a great part. You're like, yeah. oh, you know. Uh, I love, I was going to say, I love a big, I'm a big Sopranos fan. Yeah. So, like, for one, I mean, just the overall show is they're all bad guys. Yeah, well, that's, that's I love a, I love a, any kind of story where no they're they're not they're no good guys. There's no morally redeemable qualities to these people, right? In terms of main characters, in terms of like Bobby Bacala is probably the only Sopranos main character that actually has like a sense of a moral compass, right? He for the is, most part they're all pretty big pieces of shit. Yeah, he's the one that has a little bit like he. He's never murdered anybody for majority. You know what I mean? Like, right. But the best ones, like F- Frank Vincent as Phil Leotardo is oh, so God. goddamn good. He's a, like he, he and is, he plays heels in so many uh, movies and so well. He's so fucking. Right, he's Billy Bats, right? Yes, and he's, he's Billy. Go right. get your fucking shine box. Yeah, just. Right. And in Casino, he's great. Yeah. He's, you know, sidekick to Joe Pesci in that yep, movie. He's yep. a total Frankie. prick. And Frankie, do him a favor. In, um, Raging Bull. 
Yeah. He's a prick in that movie too. Yep. I was like, yep. And he's great at it. He's so Every good at it. Every time. You know, he's actually, a, he's, you don't, I don't think you see him on camera in any scene, but you ever see, we mentioned Stallone, you ever see Copland? Yes. Fucking great Stallone movie. Yeah. Whereas actually Stallone, Stallone puts on an acting performance in that movie because he's playing like the loser. Yeah, no. That's like, more, that was actually really not, cool. And and he's not the action hero. He's right. the action hero playing the not, you know what I mean? Cause he's well, this, see, that's what he's made... He's a small town sheriff who's like a pussy. Right. Well, that's what made Rocky, the Rocky one and Rambo one, unbelievable movies, is he plays a loser. Like, it's not that Rambo is... Right. Uh, this great guy. He's not Jason, like Jason Bourne or something. Right. He's, you know, this broken person. Yeah. Who yeah. also happens to be a highly skilled killer. But he's incredibly broken. And Rocky is a loser. Yeah. Rocky won. And it's awesome that yeah. he's a loser. And he's like trying not to be so desperately. Right. And. And it's almost sad at points. Right, because he's broke and he has no money, and it's like all he, right. the only, the only thing he thinks and knows to do is to fight, and he just wants to be a fighter. And, right, and even and even there, they're like, "You're a loser." Right. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be the champ? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, as I was gonna say, like, but yeah, back to bad guys, man. It's just there's something to it, like a good, 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 like a good bad guy role. It really makes the movie. I mean, Heath Ledger. I mean, Heath Ledger fucking died. Yeah. Playing the Joker. And it sucks that he died. Of course, wish Dick the guy didn't die. But yeah. talk about one of the all-time most amazing performances. Just playing this fucking twisted version of the Joker. It's yeah. fucking great. Yeah, I like I like stories. And stories where there is that gray are really the best stories though where there's like yes like where you're talking about with the sopranos yeah you talk about like a lot of crime this is why they make so many crime movies i mean every like even the classic sort of noir crime 50s cop whatever yeah yeah the streets of bed the cops yeah. like beat the shit out yeah, of people they, they have to they're be rough dark. and tough they're, you gotta be right. yeah exactly even like even a dirty harry or whatever yeah. they're always like callahan you fuck you can't go him. out there Killing and shooting Dirty. people. I love Dirty Harry. Right, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm a piece of shit, but you should see the people <laughs> that I'm up against." So, if you know, that's what makes you know makes for good stories. People want to be like, "Oh, I'll play the hero," you know. It's like the Louis C.K. bit about Matt Damon in uh, oh, Will oh. Hunting. Oh my, oh my god. god, dude! And I first heard that, I was in stitches. That's such a good fucking bit. Such a good bit. And it's such a... It's, I'm like a genius. <laughs> it's the first yeah. time you're like, what? How I've seen this movie? And I get how so I'm many fights. Yes, yeah. Just, I get so many fights. <laughs> but I'm also a genius. Uh, <laughs> right. And I've seen the movie and I love the movie. Right. I love the fucking movie. <laughs> but then it's like, you sit there and you think about it. It's like every criticism he has is absolutely legitimate. Oh my god. There's a, a uh, there's an so episode funny. of Opie and Anthony where Patrice is on and they start talking about the movie Face Off. Uh, and the movie Face Off is, is amazingly bad. It's a, but it's like amazingly over the top 
and it's it you know it's an entertaining movie but it's ridiculous in every possible way and he just starts uh, just shitting on it mercilessly and it is some of the funniest goddamn radion because <laughs> i like that movie i just get like really stoned and watch that movie. oh face off dude yeah that's a guilty pleasure movie yeah it's one of those movies dude it's one of those as I say, that's another one with Nicolas Cage. It's a guilty pleasure. The Rock. You yeah. ever watch The Rock? Yeah, of course. With Sean no, no, no. Connery. Never hesitate. Oh, if you want to get, like, uh, you want to start feeling bad about yourself, a real guilty pleasure movie I've seen way more than once is Waterworld. <laughs> Waterworld. <laughs> it's got Dennis Hopper as the bad guy. Dennis Hopper is the bad guy. Waterworld. Yeah, and, and Kevin Costner has gills, right? Yeah, that's like he has the gills big... behind his ears and crap. Yeah, and yeah. everything about the movie is like. Super dumb. It's so bad. They were like, well, let's make the Road Warrior, but, but it's on the ocean. Yeah. And, uh, and you know. So, yeah, I, wanted, I wanted to circle back to, to Clint Eastwood. <laughs> okay. Because I did this a while ago. This, by the way, this is how, this is not a good sign of sobriety right here for this one, but. These notes were done at 2.56 a.m. And they begin with, why everyone should watch Dirty Harry. <laughs> this is the kind of phone calls my brother like makes to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, dude, I just watched all the Dirty Harry movies. And then he starts telling me all the details of all the Dirty Harry movies. Yeah. A great comment. Oh, I, my God. I, I, love so when, I like when people call me with that kind of shit, though. Because the yeah. last thing I want is someone calling me up and being like, Oh man, you know, I don't, I don't feel good. I don't, I don't, they tell you about their life, and, how, and then it just reminds you how much like real life kind of blows. And you're just like, ah, yeah. oh, dude, can we talk about something, something silly else, something goofy, right? Like or interesting. Tell yeah. me some weird shit I don't know about. Right. Whatever, um, and that's cool. Or yeah. let's just talk about something. The details of. You know, something, something really dumb. Something dumb. Right. Yeah, you know. So, basically, I don't know. I have all these different random points. Oh, this is your your yeah. bullet points on Dirty Harry? Yeah, I mean, I got his... I, I mean, I didn't get that many. I fell asleep. I think it's at 35 minutes. Yeah, so right. I'm, guess, I'm guessing. But uh, <laughs> here, here are a couple of the highlights. About 20 minutes in, he calls his partner a racial slur. But don't worry, his boss explains to the partner how he's a piece of shit to everyone, and it's all good. <laughs> it, it really, because his, his partner, his new partner's Asian, oh, so yeah. he makes some sort of fucking real just out of line, out of pocket comment. And, he's like, and then the boss like, Nah, Harry, he's a racist and piece of shit towards everybody here. Yeah, don't take it hard, kid. Don't take it hard. <laughs> it's just the way he is. Yeah. Uh, hold on, what's this other one? All right, so that... So 25 minutes in, Harry and his new partner are on the hot trail with the shittiest probable cause ever. Harry's new par partner thinks that he sees a tan suitcase. <laughs> and they just, the bad guy had a tan suitcase before, so now they have a see a tan suitcase again. That means whoever's holding the suitcase is getting a 357 slug in the fucking face. Uh, but, you know, it's like, 
This, it's basically, it's like, I, this is all the makings of a horrific police shooting in 2023, but in 1971, this was considered badass shit. Yeah. That's, <laughs> in 19, it was like, yeah, it's fine. Oh, he's got a tan suitcase. Pummel him. You know what I mean? Like The, the quality of movies in the 70s, like, there uh, were some real winners, but people forget how many absolute pieces of shit, shit movies. movies. I watched Omega Man last night. With Charlton Heston, it's this post-apocalyptic movie. Uh, it is a huge piece of garbage. Oh my god! It's, the script sucks. It drags. Like, there's all kinds of parts of it that don't make any fucking sense at all. <laughs> I, I, but I have to watch the whole thing because I'm like, well, this has gotta, this has gotta resolve. It's gotta get yeah. somewhere. But right? it never does. It never but, does. Yeah, I think they were just like, look. You know, we have Charlton Heston, right? You know, yeah. You, you know, he played Moses in uh, Ten Commandments yeah. and whatever. Dude, we're gonna sell tickets. Just shut up. Just right, he's a big movie. time star. Right, my son wrote this script. It's awesome. You know, that's uh, back in that time too. Yeah. It's like really more corrupt. Yeah, yeah. As they I didn't say, give a shit. I mean, it's 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 a little after the old studio system where right. they treated actors like fucking indentured servants, but. Right. And it, it wasn't far off. The early Harvey Weinstein era begun. Yes. Yeah. They're like, only no. women that blow me every day right. are in my movies. There's a new way we could do things. We don't have to treat them like slaves. Right. We could force the women to try to have sex with us instead. <laughs> we'll pay them a lot of money if the they movie have, works out. And if they have sex with us. And if they have sex with us. Because we're great. Yeah. Great moral compasses of Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would, I mean, remember why we got into this business? Right. To nail really hot chicks who don't want to have sex, sex with, with us. us. Right. Way above our league. Yeah. Um. No, I love, dude. I, I was, you know, Clint Eastwood. I just, I love Clint Eastwood. I was watching. You ever see the Mule? It's. Is he play like a marine or something? No, it? no, no, it's it's terrible. It's it's by far one of the worst movies. It's one of his newer ones, isn't it? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, that it's, was it. it's it's a really bad movie. You just got me thinking, though. But, a lot of guys, right? You think about how many successful guys, like billionaires, whatever they do, sports stars, they're doing it because in their mind they're like, and it's not about money. They're like, no, if I do this, if I'm Elon Musk, if I'm whatever, I. In their mind, they're like, I can nail tons of hot chicks, right? Now, this is the weird 1970s Charlton Heston movie in my mind. All the women are gone. It's a world <laughs> of just men, suddenly. And you know how many, like, super motivated dudes who go to the gym every day or earn gazillions of dollars or play sports would immediately stop? They'd be like... There literally is no point right. in doing any of this. Who has the drugs? I'm I am right. Elon Musk. I'm quitting all of my work yeah. and dedicating my life to destroying myself <laughs> with drugs immediately. Because right. you, look, there's no goal. There's no what. Yeah. What's what? the money good for? Right. It was all right. about getting getting pussy. Right. <laughs> that was That's the, it. That's the whole point of right. doing everything. Except there would be a couple of really, really successful gay dudes who would continue to do exactly what they're doing. Because yeah, yeah. they would be like, well, nothing for me changed. So the world right, is exactly right. they, the same. But, there's no new season of Sex in the City. They'd be a little bummed out about that. Yeah. Well, you know, they got a little <laughs> long in the 
the tooth there to be, uh, you know, they did that. They did a more recent one. What did they do? Oh, uh, like, Sex in the City? Yeah. Yeah, they've beaten that horse to death. Yeah. How many more fucking journal entries or dumb fucking whatever she's writing? Yeah. I don't know. That, yeah, that, that she's only... writing another book about her. I live in the city and I go shopping. Like, I, I don't know what else. This is just about. <laughs> I, I not watched a lot of it. Mario Cantone's on there just being, you're so crazy, girl. Like, I don't know. It's... Yeah. Now, there was that one. one I, I don't remember her name. Was the dark hair. She was, like, really good looking. And then the rest yeah. of them, I was like, meh. Eh. Like, Kim Cattrall was really hot in Police Academy. Right. Like, in her in her yeah. heyday. Yeah. Super hot. Right. Police but, Academy was, what, 1985? Five, six? Yeah. That's a great comedy movie. The original Police Academy. Yeah, the original. Yeah. The original Police Academy. Very, very nice. 84. 84. 84. I knew it was... It was around there. I'm yeah. usually I'm within a year a lot of the time. Yeah, I'm pretty That's good pretty like good. that with some with some movies. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Most of those chicks, they were not that good. Like, there was the one that ran for governor. She was goofy looking. Right, and 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 for the character she played, she didn't play the, the hot. hot chick. Right, right. You know, she's supposed to play the lawyer nerd chick, whatever she is. I uh, I one time I did a show at a gay bar. Okay. Right. So, as a matter of fact, it's funny is that I recently, it's not a gay bar anymore. It's in it's in Holbrook. Okay. And we just I did a I did a show at a gay it, when it was a gay bar, and I recently just did it again when it's not a gay bar. Okay. But anyway, when it was a gay bar, it was me and my buddy Rich, and uh, all bars are gay. <laughs> in the, some way or another. Yeah, I just had had to throw that in. Look, um, drinking's gay. Bars are gay. You're gay. All right. So we're there. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I'm trying to, like, come up with some jokes about the place. Right. You know, and, like, because it's, like, kind of this weird night where it's, like, me and Rich are the two comedians on the show. Okay. So it was, like, us, it was, like, me and him were opening for, like, a drag queen or something. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I was, like, I don't give a shit, whatever, stage time, stage time. Right. But I'm, like, I felt bad for the drag queen. It's, like, talk about, you couldn't get, like, a fucking female comic or a fucking even like a gay gay comic or something like you couldn't get him anything that would have been kind of closer to his demographic instead you get me coming up there to talk about the jets you know right (laughs) like Like, you know you can all identify with this and just hear the crickets yeah "Ah." right here's right here's fatso mick straight face gonna come up here and tell us some dumb shit yeah years ago I got dragged by my wife and her friend to the bunkhouse, famous gay bar, South Sable. Yeah, I know, right? right? It was right in Sable. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, it was like, I think it was for Halloween or something. It was something going on there. For the life of me, I don't remember. You know? And so I went there because I'm not homophobic either. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. I literally just don't give a shit. Like, I've had yeah. a lot of fun at gay bars. They're no, usually... they're good, you know, they're funny. They're, you know, whatever. Yeah. They're less likely to break out in a brawl or whatever. So I was happy. Yeah, the, the, as I say, I mean. Drinking at the time, I didn't give a shit. Yeah, I was, I, one night I remember there was some some big gay dude who clearly looked me up and down and he liked what he saw. And he was like, come over here, big man. Let me buy you a drink. And I'm like, I'm going to take this guy's beer right now. 
like, you're going to take this beer that he's buying for me. Yeah, but I'm like, it's flattering. You know, yeah, and that's like, the this thing. Is, it's like, like, you know, no. I could use an ego boost. You know, what am I? Uh... I was like, hey, nice to meet you. But, you know, I'm straight. Yeah. He's like, ah, damn it. And I was like, well, thanks for the drink. Yeah. You could go back to staring at me from a distance. So I remember we, we go in there <laughs> and they had this box that's maybe about two feet high, like a cube. Yeah, and I remember. There is a big, like this jacked, hairless black guy with kind of a little gut, but he's big. He's, he's muscular. And he's got like a leopard print Speedo underwear on. And he's just dancing on this box. And I was just like, it's kind of like, uh, like kind of like Nasty Nate from uh, uh, Half Baked. Like, well, was kind of thing. Was like, oh, my God. You know, and because uh, you look at him and you just feel uncomfortable. You know, as a straight guy, uh, 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 you know, I'm not going to say anything, but. Yeah. No, it's yeah. It doesn't. No, it's not definitely really, not. Definitely not your but, environment. Yeah, but I'm like, it's not something I ever saw before. Uh, something new, something different. You're like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You just, you know, that's that's the whole thing. It's, it doesn't make because I'm straight. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, yeah. It just, you know. Yeah. In no. the same way that being straight doesn't make sense to them. Right, like, exactly. On that level. Right. Just like. We're, right. We went to some fucking trashy, you know, strip club with fucking C-section scar chicks. Right. Dancing on the stage. We'd be like, oh, we, we've seen this before. Yeah. Now we're comfortable. Right. And they'd be like, this this is a fucking shithole. Why you guys want to be here? I'm like, I don't know. It's cool. Yeah. There's tits. Exactly. <laughs> there's tits. That's why. <laughs> we don't care if it's a fucking dumpster. There's tits. We're going to go check right. it out. Yeah. Um. No, so my gay bar, back to my gay bar experience, the whole reason I brought it up was, so I'm looking at the TVs, I'm trying to make a joke about what's going on in the place, and I'm looking at the TVs on every TV, like, you know, you go to a, like a, a bar, you know, like an Irish pub or a, a sports bar, what's going to be on every TV? It's going to be the sports, you know, whatever, you know, a basketball game, football game, yeah, hockey game, whatever's right. going on that day. They, all they had on was sex in the city. So I opened a joke as I was like, you know, I'm, I'm used to drinking at sports bars, where we'll have the game on because we're gambling. We're betting on the games. Like, right. do you guys, do like, do gay men bet on Sex in the City? Like, is that why you guys are watching it so captively on every television? You know, like, Miranda's going to be a whore this episode? Like, right. Yeah, is that the bet? Like, they, they fucking loved it. They, I, That's they, all? Yeah, well, because now yeah. you're talking their and language. Yeah, yeah. And, you know. I just remember one, one gay dude come up to me and was like, they're all whores, sweetie. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Now, if you want to find something to shit on women, talk to a gay dude. Oh, because they know uh, they that's things they get the inside scoop on like what women are actually thinking. When the women want to be pieces of shit, they confide to their gay friends. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because you know the gay guys are like clearly like well men are objects. Right. You know and. You know, because they're guys. They're like, well, of course I'm a piece of shit. And, you know, and <laughs> guys are, you know, are sexual objects because cause I'm gay. And so for women, they're like, well, I can tell this guy anything. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. I can tell this guy anything. He's not going to judge. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's sitting there going, girl, you're fucked up. I right. Can't. Yeah. There's something fucking wrong with you. All right. We've, fuck, an hour and a half. Yeah, we went long. But, you know, well, you know, this will be edited yeah, it's gonna. For, it's not gonna be an hour and a half. No, it will not be. That's fine. I'm gonna make the editors do work. That's all I'm gonna make them do. I'm gonna be like, chop it down a little. They, 
there's I, I, yeah there's oh. I mean it's a whole production company who edits the, who Half Productions is the name of the company. Oh, really? I, yeah. I wasn't sure if yeah. you were editing. Uh, I mean, your... I usually I'll, like I took a little piece out before okay. myself that I knew yeah. like okay, that's gonna sound horrible, but uh, no, I have a I have a producer now. Oh, all right. So my my next door neighbor, growing up as a kid, has his own production company now. He's he's fucking big deal. That's awesome. He does fucking great work. He's a, he's an amazing friend. Nice. And he puts up with my bullshit. I'm saying all these nice things about him right here at the end. Right. Well, he'll hear it. He's going to hear it. Right. He's going to it's going to warm his heart. Right. And I'm going to be like make sure that the fucking music's in there. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> all right. Well, go go to my website com- yeah. comedygreg.com and it has a link to my YouTube. You can go on there and see the few videos that I've actually put up. And uh, come and see me at uh, August 26th. I'll be at Governor's in the Giggle Room. And September 9th, I'll be at McGuire's uh, in Bohemia. And then after that, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So that, that's it. There you go. All right. Yeah. Well, Greg, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks no, for coming awesome. on, man. Have a great time. I should, uh, I should promote something, but I... You see, I don't have any uh, dates right now. Well, you should... Uh, I uh, should probably get a show. Yeah, put I have the 16th of September in Pennsylvania. You know what it is? It's going to be a light month, September, because I got a bachelor party at the end of it. I'm going to Vegas. Okay. So that's kind of like my month right there is I'm going to Vegas. Right. Uh, and I got a roast. Whatever, I'm dying here. I got to stop coughing. All right, this has been fun. All right. Later. Later. Next week. Bye.